Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Mike, here's how this show is going to work. We're going to whip around the NHL with some fast-moving Fast-paced topics, the average NHL shift length is about 37 seconds, but we're going to need a little bit longer to get through our topics. We'll put two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock to whip around a few. And so let's start. You know what day it is, Mike? It's uh, annual embarrassment day, or at least a chance to publicly embarrass myself with some bold predictions. This is not going to be pick the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. Anyone can do that. And oddly enough, Mike, in seeing our predictions behind the scenes, you and I actually both picked the same team to win the Stanley Cup this year. That would be the Winnipeg Jets. So what we're going to have you do, I posted my 32 bold predictions on dailyfaceoff.com this morning. Give me your one big bold prediction for this season. Well, I got a pretty one, a pretty wild one, I think, in that not the Minnesota Wild. I think the LA Kings are going to surprise this year. I think this is a team that's been constructed in a smart way that has young talent filtering through the pipeline. They had a ton of players last year in the American Hockey League that were really strong and ready to take that next step. They've lost Quentin Byfield for the beginning of the season. That's going to play into it. But I just think of the younger players that are really coming into their own. Ayafalo, Velarde, there's more players like that. But the strength of this team now goes down the middle. When you look at Kopitar and Dano that's there, Arvidsson, I think, could play a really big role going alongside Kopitar, looking to bounce back. I thought they were on the right track last year, and I think a big part, too, will be Cal Peterson taking the share of the work in the net. I think Jonathan Quick's going to play minimally this year, and Peterson's going to take over, and the Kings are going to surprise. They're going to make playoffs, and they're going to get to the second round. I like the Kings pick, and I love the support that Deneau provides to a guy like Kopitar. Can open up some space and change the matchup game for the Kings with Kopitar asked to do so much over the last number of years. But my bold pick is that Jack Eichel will be traded before Christmas. This is the biggest storyline in the NHL to start the season. None bigger than that. Everyone's wondering how does this medical situation work itself out. The Sabres have been in close contact with Eichel's camp and a number of teams behind the scenes. And I'm going to throw one sneaky mystery team at you. I don't know how they get it done. I don't know how they make the pieces work, but I'm told, Mike, that one of the teams that's inquired recently with the Buffalo Sabres about Jack Eichel is the St. Louis Blues. So interesting situation there. Again, don't know how they would make it work. It seems like Buffalo is longing for uh, really just future pieces. And I don't know that the Blues pipeline with prospects is all that deep, but still be really interesting to see how that ends up working itself out. What do you think, Jack Eichel? Is he a Sabre by Christmas? I don't think he's going to be with the Sabres. I do think he's going to be moved. And I think the biggest portion is that teams are now willing 
to take on the possible ramifications of his medical situation. There are teams that are willing to let him do the disc replacement surgery. So I think it happens. I think he gets moved as well. All right, let's move on to the pressure. Every NHL team is under pressure to start. Get off to the hot start. You know how tough it is to make up ground in the NHL. But Mike, which team is facing the most pressure in the NHL for a quick start? For me, it's the New York Rangers. Everything has changed. You, you look at the management change last year toward the end of the season. They want to speed things up. They bring in Chris Drury, elevate him. And the changes that this team has made, uh, the steps that some of their young players are expected to take. Capo Caco is one. If you look back to the Rangers over the last number of years, part of their issue has been that they've gotten off to a slow start in the month of October, and it's ended up costing them. And by the way, they've had one of the best closers in the game, and Mika Zibanejad, he gets a new deal. For me, all eyes are on Broadway. Gerard Gallant expected to come in and, and really push this team in a new direction and get towards the playoffs. I think they're going to be feeling a little bit of heat to start. I agree with you. I think Gerard Gallant's going to play a big role there. And they have strong goaltending. They, they're all built around Adam Fox and now Zibanejad. They're pretty good down the middle. I like the Rangers too. They're a sleeper pick for me in the East, but it's got to start right off the bat because it could spiral if it doesn't. And you look towards the West the same way with the Dallas Stars. This is a team that's constructed top to bottom in a way that should be able to win in playoffs. That did it in the bubble just a year and a half ago. They were ravaged by COVID last year to start the season. They never found their balance until what felt like midway through the year. And Rick Bonus is in the last year of his deal. He's got to make a stamp. He's got to show to this team, hey, I can still lead you guys. We all believe they love playing for him, but they have to do it. I like how this lineup's constructed. That top line of Robertson, uh, Robertson, Hints, and Pavelski, they hit their stride last year. They're going to be one of the top lines, I think, in the entire league, especially because of Robertson. It's amazing to think that Jamie Benn, one of the best leaders in the game, one of the best captains, is probably going to end up playing a depth role. But that's where he is for this club. That's how deep they are. And they're back in solid. Picking up Ryan Suter, uh, you lose Jamie Alexiak, but Jim Mill's done a great job of bringing in people on value contracts, older players at times, Pavelski, Suter, to take those spots. Hockenpah comes in as well, who's a strong defenseman. I think Dallas really has to start strong and carry it. Braden Holt, he's given him some hope. He's had a great preseason. Hudobin hasn't, so we'll see who rolls in the net. But I'm going Dallas Stars. Almost too many goalies in the net there in Dallas. Four goalies There's a lot. If Ben Bishop is healthy. Jake Ottinger, lots of options for Dallas in net. So let's move on. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned Holpe, some new faces in new places. I'm going to throw a couple different ones at you. Darcy Kemper, Dougie Hamilton. Uh, I like Sam Reinhardt to me as one of the new faces in new places. That's really going to get off to a great start. Who do you think is going to have the biggest impact, Mike, of the offseason acquisitions? I don't think it'll be the goalies. Everybody knows me. I'm the goalie guy, right? And you'd think like, oh, it's going to be Flower or Kemper. And I think both of them will be fine. I just don't believe in the Blackhawks very much. And I think that the Avalanche are good enough. Whoever's in net is going to be strong for them. Kemper is every bit as good as Grubauer, though. That was a great move by GM Joe Sackick to bring him in. I think Dougie Hamilton's going to make a huge difference in New Jersey. And it's not just what Hamilton brings on the power play. It's overall game. It's overall mentality of a defensive core. They had to speed the puck up. They need to get it to their young forwards as quick as they can. You've got Hughes and Heischer, Brett, Zaka, Sarangovich, Johnson. I mean, they have players that can score, that can move the puck. They need a D that could do it. Now you've got Hamilton. Ryan Graves also comes in. He can skate. Ty Smith is Ellie's game. I think it starts with Hamilton, though, especially on the power play. This team was 28th last year. It's got to be better. Hamilton's a point man that can do that for them. 
so where do the devils get to mike how how far can they climb in that metro well i think they're looking at hopefully knocking on the door for playoffs i don't see it happening because that division is so stacked there's a lot of good clubs there but i think the devils are going to make headway this year the mackenzie blackwood situation with the vaccination status has got to get cleared up one way or another with the question marks surrounding it you don't want that to be a distraction but jonathan bernier can play quality games i don't know if he can lead them to the promised land though that's where they need blackwood i think the devils will knock on the door but not quite be there this year and i mentioned sam reinhardt off the top i love the changes that florida has made i picked Bill Zito as the GM of the year in my 32 bold predictions. I think Sam Reinhart can be a 90-point player in this league. You saw what he did in Buffalo, 30-30 on some pretty tough teams. Reinhart, especially if he gets a chance to play with a guy like Barkov, could easily be right there as one of the top players in the league and could also be on a pretty significant value contract with where he's at mm -hmm. right now with the Florida Panthers moving forward. So I like Reinhart. And I also, you mentioned Kemper. He was my early... My bold prediction, Vezina pick, maybe not so bold as you said, anyone can play in net in Colorado. So uh, we'll monitor that moving forward. And, and speaking of some value deals, we mentioned the Sam Reinhardt contract. Can you call the new Mika Zibanejad deal a value deal for the New York Rangers? Eight-year deal, $68 million. Mike, who wins in this case? Is it team or player? Well, you know, it always goes a little bit, but I do think that the team wins in this case. I know that going eight years with Zibanejad might be a little long for a player who signs it later. He's 29 years old when he signs the contract. Generally, these are handed out in 26 to 28-year range. I look at comparables like the Barkov deal. Uh, you go back to even the Kopitar deal, Tavares, and Braden Point's another one. Uh, I know that at this figure, at $8.5 million, it's definitely something that they can handle. You know, you get them at a lower salary, a lower AAV. It gives them some cap flexibility. Adam Fox has a big deal that's going to be owed to him moving forward. So you lock up a top 10 centerman in the National Hockey League. There's a premium for that. They're not easy to get. The only thing I don't like about the deal, it's no movement clause the entire way. Some of the other teams, Florida, Tampa, when we're talking the Barkov, the point deal, they had a little flexibility with a, uh, a limited no trade on the last several years. Zabanage is locked in as a Ranger. So this deal better work for them, but I do like the dollar figure. Well, yeah, there's lots of give and take that exists with a contract like that. Maybe you give out the no move, but maybe that perhaps helps keep the AAV down a little bit. Zibanejad's sort of yeah. been in that 73 to 75 point range, uh, even right at that number when you extrapolate last season's total out to a full um, 82 game season. So my question is, how much more can Zibanejad continue to grow in his game? You look at the last three or four years, he's really taken a big step. Does he have another one in him? And this also probably, I would think, takes the New York Rangers out of the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, or at least certainly quiets down that conversation a lot. You've got Panarin over a certain figure, an eight-figure deal. You've gotten uh, Zibanejad now at eight and a half. I don't think they have room for a center in Jack Eichel at a $10 million deal, provided that the Sabres, of course, are not retaining any salary. So I would think that that quiets that down a little bit on that front. I think it quiets it. I don't think it kills it because I think you can also move players if necessary. I like the depth of the Rangers right now. When you have Zibanejad, Strone, Heedle, that's strong. But boy, think about if you could have an Eichel and Zibanejad combo at 1-2, you might be willing to move on from Strome or someone else. So it quiets it, but it doesn't kill all that Eichel talk. All right, let's take a trip to the blue paint, Mike. 
Once a week, we're going to be talking goalies in depth with you. It's going to be a recurring segment on the show, and I'm so glad to spend and pay a little bit more attention to the most important position in the National Hockey League. And with your 14-year pro career, you certainly are a goalie union card-carrying member, so let's take a trip <laughs> to the blue paint. And I gave you a little bit of a homework assignment over this weekend. I wanted you to rank all 32 goaltending tandems across the NHL from top to bottom. And let's not, you know, mince words here. Let's not deal with some hypotheticals and some injuries that are going on. Obviously, Carey Price is in the NHL and NHLPA player assistance program. And so he will, in this case, uh, not be with the Habs to start the season. But let's look over the full 82-game season and rank these goaltenders from top to bottom. Give me your top five uh, goalie tandems in the NHL, Mike. You tortured me with this. This is one of the hardest things I've ever done because all of these guys are sick goaltenders. They're all way better than I ever was. So when you go 1 to 64, we're talking about really good athletes, really good players. My top five, I think the New York Islanders have an unbeatable tandem in Varlamov and Sorokin. That is a true battle. Whoever's playing best is going to get the ice time there. I love that both of them play a similar game that their coaches know they can rely on. Price and Allen, there's a lot of money tied up in that. When Carey Price comes back, we're all hoping that that happens this year. Uh, that's We saw what happened last year. Look at playoffs. There's a Carey Price factor that in the regular season is there, but you get to playoffs and he's scary. It's completely different. I love the avalanche. When Francois is healthy, Johansson behind him uh, is a strong prospect, but you're really looking at Kemper and Francois. Kemper, a direct replacement for Grubauer, maybe even a step forward. We haven't seen Kemper behind a really good team recently, so there's a lot to see I there. said he I was like the best Grubauer. goalie available this summer, Mike. I agree with you there. Uh, I think that Joe Sackick did a nice job of waiting out the market and finding what he could get. Uh, and not having to pay that big premium. Now, the thing is, it's also a one year. He's got one year left with Kemper. So you've got to make it happen. He's going to be do some money at the end. Grubauer and Dreger. Um, Dreger has never seen a ton of work at the NHL, but he keeps producing. He did at the American League as well. Uh, Grubauer, to me, one of the best goalie skaters in the league. He's consistently been above a 920 everywhere. Washington uh, in a backup role and then going to Colorado. Yes, on good teams, but his underlying numbers are strong. And Demko and Halak, I love that combo. I think Thatcher Demko is set to become one of the elite goaltenders in the National Hockey League, not just based on himself. It's also based on goaltending coach Ian Clark, who's one of the best in all of hockey. He's brought a level of detail to Thatcher's game that's never been there previously. Even this week, Braden Holtby talked about now being ready for the year in Dallas because of what he did with Ian Clark last year. Those are my top five tandems. So I think what surprised me maybe, Mike, and, and the assignment was to talk about the overall strength of the tandem. Like you're only as good as as the weakest link in the tandem. So it wasn't as easy as just slapping a, a carry price up there. And, and obviously Jake Allen, you know, picks up the slack for that. And you can see why the Habs certainly didn't want to lose Allen in the expansion draft. But I think maybe the surprise for me is the Islanders, because I think when I look at that tandem, and, and again, to speak to the overall strength of it, yes, but I don't know that one guy in that tandem at this moment has the edge over the other. And is that really maybe the definition of the strength? Well, it is. And it also shows when I looked at this list, I thought, can you win a Stanley Cup with both goaltenders? 
That was the first thing that entered my head. And I think that the Islanders believe they could do it with either of those goalies. And they've also played something of a tandem system for the better part of the last four or five years. When you've had Grice, Leonard, Varlamov, Sorokin, take any of that mix and they've rotated around and they've been able to do it in playoffs as well. So that's how I approached it. Everybody would look at Vasilevsky and say, why isn't he in here? Well, frankly, I'm not sure where Brian Elliott is in his game. And the same thing goes in Winnipeg. You got Connor Hellebuck, a top two, three goaltender in the league, but who knows with Eric Comrie. So that's why for those types of tandems, I didn't think they fit in with what we were doing here, talking about the best one-two punch. Well, and I, I think that's such an important thing to point out, especially this year. First off, we're going back to the full travel around the NHL. Every team's hitting all 31 other buildings, so it's increased travel. Maybe it's the schedule's a little bit decompressed from last year with all those three and fours in the 56-game season. But at the same time, you're also a guy like Vasilevsky that's going to be counted on for Russia at the Olympics, provided that the NHL actually does indeed go to Beijing in February, is going to be dealing with a little fatigue and probably needs to have a guy like Elliot step in and play. Right. And that's sort of the one thing that stands out for me when watching Tampa and how they address their offseason. They looked at all the different goalies that were available and they said, which guy can fit in at exactly 900000 bucks? They said, we're dealing with a price point, and it's almost like first one to step up and take that $900,000 offer, well, you get the job. I'm just not so sure that as many games as Vasilevsky is going to win, how many are you going to be losing with a guy like Brian Elliott and Nett? And then I guess the other question I wanted to ask you is, was there anyone that you really thought hard about putting in your top five that just didn't quite get there? Who was the toughest team or tandem to leave out? Yeah, oh, it was Vegas for me. I think Robin Leonard and Laurent Bossois was right there at number six. I just gave it a little bit of an edge to Vancouver. Uh, that's a that's an interesting tandem for me because I think Bossois is actually going to play more than people think. I know it's Robin Leonard's net and he wants it. But again, looking at this type of condensed schedule and amount of travel in the West especially, I don't think you can trot out the same goalie every single night. I think you need to have that component. And for Brassois, he's had a nice couple of years in Winnipeg. Like two years ago, wasn't great. Last year, really good. He's been up and down, but I love his mechanics. And I think that especially working alongside Leonard, who they play somewhat of a similar conservative type of game, they should be a good one-two punch. I think you'll see Brassois a lot. I really like that tandem. They were just outside my top five. Yeah, question for me is, can Robin Leonard play 50 games or in that neighborhood? Be interesting to see how he handles that kind of workload. So, Mike, with that said, let's look at your bottom five tandems in the NHL. And this is really difficult to do because I'll tell you right now, number 28, I'm going to get some heat for it with Olmark and Swayman. These are two goaltenders that, that are supremely me. talented. They're supremely talented, but Linus Olmark's never gone over 40 games in a season. He can't stay healthy. That's a real risk. You just don't know. Jeremy Swayman loved his game, dating back to when he was at Maine working with goalie coach Alfie Michaud. I had Alfie uh, as a goalie coach myself in pro hockey. I thought he was phenomenal and underrated mind in the game and deserving of a pro look. He helped build Swayman's game. There's just question marks there. If I had to pick any of these five, I would say that Boston would be the one that could jump the highest by the end of the season. Uh, but right now, with the question marks, with the lack of experience in a starting role, I'm not sure how it plays, but I do love Allmark when he's healthy. And I think that I think the Sharks kind of fall in that same way. You know, Aiden Hill, somebody who's looking to make some big jumps. Uh, and Reimer is a complimentary piece there. Craig Anderson, though, look at this guy. He's still around, folks. He didn't retire. He's going to steal games this year, Frank. It might only be that's nine your, of that's them. That's your boldest prediction, Mike, easily. Because I'm looking it at this is. list and I'm going, 
the Sabres, they're spending the league minimum on goaltending. So yep. are the Arizona Coyotes, and you have them above the Ottawa Senators? I do, and here's why. Craig Anderson has played on bad teams on awful lot. He knows how to handle that mentally, physically. He's driven. He wants to get the 300 wins in his NHL career. I think he's got nine left to go before he gets there. I think he's going to pull a rabbit out of his hat some night. Again, it won't be often. Matt Murray's been lost to me the last couple of years. He's gotten two, two goalie coaches that he's worked with have been fired in the last three years. And I don't mean to bag on a player like that for the reasons, but man, you've got to perform. Came to Ottawa. He wasn't tracking the puck well. He looked indecisive in his movements. He's looked lost in the net. He's going to have to dial in this year, working with goalie coach Zach Bjork to get his game back to where it was in Pittsburgh. Very interesting stuff, Mike. I'm looking forward to seeing all 32 of your tandems ranked in order with your insight on dailyfaceoff.com later this week. All right, so let's get to our inbox. We solicited some questions Ask. DFO was the hashtag. And from Chris, he wants to know, will Brady Kachuk be in the Ottawa Senators opening night lineup on Thursday? Well, I don't have a crystal ball as much as I tried to look like I did in the bold prediction segment and then the story online. But my gut instinct is no at the moment. And we're exactly at the point where the rubber meets the road on that front, Mike. You know, you're looking at potential travel and quarantine. It's either today or tomorrow. You need to make that decision in order to get him in to Ottawa for Thursday's game. And I look at with a philosophical divide that exists between club and player at this moment, club wanting a long-term deal, player uh, pretty focused on a short-term deal, unless the Sens could convince him otherwise. And I think the scary part for me, Mike, is that once you get to game one, and if you miss that, well, then this could kind of drag on uh, in pretty short order if it rolls downhill. Yeah, at that point, you're just thinking, I'll just keep sitting. That's fine. We already missed the big cutoff. If you guys didn't want to get this deal done by the opening game, then I'm going to run this as long as I want. This is different when you're dealing, frankly, with the Kachuk family because they understand the business of hockey and they understand the entire landscape of hockey. This isn't a naive person coming in that doesn't have friends and family that have played everywhere and they understand the inner workings of every team in the league. It's so important to have that perspective. And they know right now, Brady has a huge position of leverage. He can do what he wants in this negotiation. He he's sure he's trying to get the guaranteed money and bonus structure. You know, if it's a bridge deal, we're going shorter term now. That you, you know, you can only try to force a player to do so much. Hey, you can be our captain with an eight-year deal. Well, that doesn't mean as much as money sometimes in finding the right scenario to where you feel like you're belong, not just that you belong, but that you're respected and wanted. And this is supposed to be the period of unparalleled success in Ottawa. They need to show it. They need to sign their best player. And Kachuk's got leverage here, Frank. Yeah, really good points, Mike. All right, let's bring in Tyler Yaremchuk, our gambling expert. He's going to be contributing to the show in a lot of different ways. In this segment, as Tyler will tell you, we're happy to have Points Bet along for the ride, sponsoring so many things and a big partner for us at Daily Faceoff this year and moving forward. Yeah, and we're trying to get their Canadian Twitter follower count up a little bit. So if you're watching this, go find them, PointsBetCA on Twitter. Guys, season starts tomorrow. It's a perfect time to take a look at the Stanley Cup odds. And right now on PointsBet, there's actually three teams with 10 to 1 or better odds to win the Cup. As you can see here, up at the top, the big dogs, the Colorado Avalanche at 5 to 1, Vegas and the defending champs 
right below them at six to one. I always say with some of these big dogs, it's maybe not the best thing to be jumping on them this early. Sometimes the odds can fluctuate throughout the season and even right before the playoffs as we work our way down. There's actually only, as you can see, three other teams below that 20 to one mark as well with Toronto, who's you know maybe a little overpriced because their fan base is big. Boston's surprising to me considering just how much they changed this offseason. And even Carolina, a little bit surprising there at 16 to one. But my favorite value play when it comes to betting on a Stanley Cup winner, you got to scroll way down here. 40 to one. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. The Winnipeg Jets, look at that group of teams they're in with Chicago and Calgary. I'll take the Jets over those two any day. I'll take the Jets over the Flyers and the Blues and the Habs and the Stars. I think they're really, really underpriced here at 40 to one. Think of what you need to win a Stanley Cup. You need good goaltending. Well, they got great goaltending in Connor Hellebuck. They boosted up their blue line this offseason. And I love their top nine as well. They got that scoring depth you need. The Jets at 40 to 1. It's my favorite value bet when you're looking at Stanley Cup futures. They're also 20 to 1 to come out of the West. And they're 12 to 1 to win their division as well, which is interesting if Colorado were to falter a little bit. Out East, taking a look at things. Tampa Bay's come out, made the final in back to back years. It makes sense now that they're plus 350 and the big favorites. Toronto right behind them, Boston, New York, Florida, Carolina, Pittsburgh. The question I want to float to you guys to wrap up this segment brought to you by PointsBet is if it's not going to be Tampa, which one of those teams do you maybe like to knock them off? I'll start with you, Frank. I like the Carolina Hurricanes coming out of the East. Um, I, I'm calling it the Paul Maurice Bowl. At least that's what I did in my bold predictions. I, I mean, you touched on Winnipeg. You don't need to sell either me or Mike, which is so odd to have us both come in here and, and have a 40 to one shot as our Stanley Cup picks. Uh, leave it to us to do that to kick off uh, a brand new show. But when you're looking at it, Carolina, I just think the young talent that they have, they've tasted a little bit of playoff success. Uh, they're going to have a little bit more energy, a little bit more chatter in their room this year with some of the guys that they've brought brought in. And I think that even with wholesale goalie changes that that team has enough talent up front and still on the back end, Jacob Slavin, uh, long shot, NARS trophy candidate. Uh, I like where Carolina is heading. And I think I've got to go Islanders. And, and I like all those points you made, Frank, especially the goaltending in Carolina. I think that the Anderson-Ranta combo is much better than the Mrazek-Reinberg combo. And I think there's a better chance of winning the Stanley Cup with that. I do. I think Anderson's uh, going to be completely retooled this year ready to go but the islanders even though it's not a great value pick this is a team that again they're built for playoffs they've shown it they've had a taste they have goaltending uh you know they you had zidane ochara i know he may not eat up major minutes but it's still a presence in your locker room that you haven't had previously and everybody up front that's grown into the roles beauvillier has been outstanding pajot was a wonderful pickup for that team and i think zach parisi can still play a big role he'll be a great net front presence for this team on the power play he'll sprinkle in and do what's necessary I think that Lou Lamorello has constructed a really good team top to bottom and been able to tweak despite having to work around salary cap, seeing players go out the door. This is a good club. It may not be a value, but I like the Islanders. Yeah, there you go. That is your betting Tyler. segment brought to you by PointsBet. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. And and look, I want to point out one more little PointsBet favorite that I had there. The Buffalo Sabres under 68 and a half points this year. They were on pace for 54 last year over a full 82-game season. Obviously, now they don't have Jack Eichel to start. Uh, the race for Shane Wright is on, guys. And so this time, <laughs> we're going to wrap up the show with a little garbage time. This is the time when my coach would throw me out there on the ice in all the games that I played. And in this case, Mike, the floor is yours as we wrap up the show to 
speak about something that you're passionate on. Anything goes, insight, analysis, whatever catches your eye from around the league. Let's wind you up and set you free. Every team in the National Hockey League should have a captain. I think this is unequivocally something of great importance in the National Hockey League. And I want to toss out a couple of scenarios. Look at the Calgary Flames. Look at the New York Rangers. These are teams that should be playoff teams. The Rangers haven't had a captain since 2017-18. They haven't made they've been they haven't gone where they wanted to. They've been out of the playoffs. They lost their identity. You have to have a captain. You need somebody to lead a locker room. Calgary Flames. Well, there's no obvious choice. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe you need to have that. And you know what? Here's the thing. There is an obvious choice in every locker room. If you talk to the players, they will all tell you who should be the captain of that team because the players don't care about contract status. The ownership cares about contract status. That's what's happening in Ottawa. There hasn't been a, a captain there in years since I played for him. Why? Eric Carlson left. Nobody else will sign a big, long contract. We don't know if Thomas Shabbat's the guy. We want it to be Brady Kachuk. They don't know what's going on. You need a leader. And then the rest of the teams around the league, Arizona, Buffalo, Columbus. Okay, they're bottom teams. They know that they're not supposed to be Stanley Cup contenders. You can kind of let that slide, but you still need that in the locker room. I think of those great leaders that I had, Jamie Benn, Shane Doan. You knew who that was. You knew who to look at in the locker room when things happened. I've been on teams where that doesn't. You look at one guy, he doesn't know whether to talk. You look at the other guy, he doesn't know whether to talk. There's Everything gets muddied. Nobody wins. The team doesn't have any idea who to look to when things go wrong. You have to have a captain. And I think the Vegas Golden Knights were late to the party. I think they should have named Mark Stone captain and a year in advance of when they did. Midway through the first season where he'd been there two years ago, he was the guy. Everybody on the team knew it, but they delayed until the start of last season. I think it would have made a difference for them. They needed that singular voice. And it's kind of the same way with Seattle. I think Seattle's got some runway here. When you're an expansion team, it makes sense to find your voice. But every team in the league needs to have a captain. Yeah, to your point, Mike, um, I think everyone looks to a guy like Mark Giordano, 38 years old. He's on an expiring contract, and and I think that's certainly something that teams are looking at. And I think everyone's attention was grabbed today by the New York Rangers naming six alternate captains. Adam Fox not in the group. A lot of people wondering if Fox would end up being the captain. I guess we'll have to wait and see. And I wanted to give a little quick Garbage time love to Brian Boyle, one of the best stories of the early season so far, 36 years old, didn't have a deal last year, cancer survivor, comes in, uh, wins a contract with the injury-ravaged Pittsburgh Penguins out of camp. He'll sign a one-year $750,000 deal on Tuesday ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins' visit to the Tampa Bay Lightning as they raise their second straight Stanley Cup banner. Mike, I can't wait for that. Can't wait to be spending all season with you on the Daily Faceoff show. That's all the time that we have today. And so on behalf of everyone here at Daily Faceoff, from our CEO, Jay Downton, down to Tyler Remchuk, our producer, and our technical producer, Alex Allard. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Go to dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest hockey news, insight, and information. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.